shaken and disturbed, oh. everyone. And I gotta say, I'm holding the microphone as if I'm a game show host. John can attest on video right now. That's right. Even though he's not recording it. And I feel so game showy right now. John, do I not look game showy with this held up you to do. my face right now? We're on I, Zoom. Good. You're you're a modern day Bob Barker, obviously. Obviously. Um, I mean, obviously. I appreciate yes, for everyone who doesn't know, Darren is traveling and has her what do you want to call it? Like your on the go microphone. I have my on the go microphone. Listen to our NMR to find out why I had to travel again. Oh, but I, know, I am right. back I am back in Los Angeles, yeah. um, where we were recording last week. And yeah. I seems like I didn't go anywhere, but I did. I went yeah. back to New York and then I came back to LA in a matter of about four days, but listen to our NMR for that whole thing. Yeah. And speaking of which, yeah. John, yes. your hair looks good. Thanks. Just giving everyone an update update on that. Thank you. Although it has really grown in. I mean, it's it only really been, has grown in. I mean, it's it only really been has. two weeks and I'm like, I get to see now because for those who don't know, I have like a skin fade along the sides of my head. So that Not really anymore. I know and that really goes down obviously to the skin. And I'm looking and I'm like, geez, you can't even tell I got a fade now. And that's only been two weeks. So it looks like I'm going to head, head, yeah, head back to the barber, maybe even this weekend if I can fit in. Well, given given this sudden spurt in hair growth, mm-hmm. are you drinking to drown your sorrows in the fact that hair grows? Or uh, <laughs> It's a yes. harsh reality. It's a I harsh just, reality that I it's have. It's harsh. There, right? you're, you know what? You're going through a lot right now. Yeah. And I maybe I should be sensitive to you. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. I'm not drinking an alcoholic beverage, but I did want to share this other drink that I picked up just to try it. So you know how like Starbucks does? We all see, we've all seen those. Oh, quote, those coolers or refreshers or whatever. Well, those, those, things are bomb. those are really good. I love those. But I saw this thing in the supermarket the other day, which was called a Starbucks Nitro can, and it's like. I, threw, oh, yeah. the, I oh, yeah. threw the can out already. You've known about it? I didn't know anything about this. I know Nitro. I mean, I remember when those Starbucks drinks, they still make them, but like I had them as kids where they were like in the glass bottles and yes. it was like a Frappuccino, but also yes. kind of not really, but no, like that's right. how it was. So I've seen the Nitro cans. Nitro, I actually like, and we should say this for mm-hmm. NMR, mm-hmm. Nitro I like more because it's less acidic-y tasting oh, okay. than the cold brew. That's interesting because I don't know what the difference is. But what I did was I put a nitro, opened a can, poured it into my trusty Starbucks um, travel cup for ice. Of course, put of a course. little bit of creamer in there. You know, little Italian sweet cream coffee mate creamer. Let me tell you something. It's my new go-to coffee drink, and it costs a oh. fraction of a regular Starbucks drink. So, ooh. yeah. Ooh. Oh, by the way, ooh, we're ooh, back, guys. Ooh. With ooh. this, don't forget. Oh, <clears throat> I didn't hear it. I don't. Oh, hear sorry. Oh. You're I not don't hear, hear it. You don't hear no. it? No, I don't hear it at all. And I normally hear it. Okay. Well, I you, hope it's I'm pressing to... it. I'm hoping that it's in the recording. Well, you're gonna have to tell me because <laughs> mom was not getting through that. Darn um, it. So okay. tell me about that. But yes. uh I am I again, NMR. Mm-hmm. You'll know why I'm out here, but mm-hmm. I had to wake up at five forty five AM. Which is just a little nuts, and much. so I can't drink because I will literally pass out. Okay, uh, considering it's still the afternoon for me and evening for you, so right, right. I am not drinking. I am literally just hydrating because I'm on <laughs> camera tomorrow morning so early, and drinking makes me a little. You're um, being profesh. Well, you know, honestly, and again, we got to get into we got to get into yeah, the we'll case into because it. like we'll talk about it in NMR, but just like in my 30s, I just yeah, feel yeah. food more. 
Oh, for sure. We'll talk Listen to NMR if you want to know what we're talking about. Well, anyway, I do love this nitro drink. It's like a little shot of caffeine, you know, and I need I need caffeine during the day, especially an ice drink goes a long way for me. I do, but I can't have it too late because I need to relax me too. at night. Um, oh, okay. You need to, relax. need to relax. Oh, speaking of which, by the way, we should talk about these um, Lumi microdose gummies. Oh, like, my God. Do you love Dude. them? <laughs> I love them. And more importantly, yeah. my girlfriend loves them. So it's oh. like I, I've been trying to get her into them because it just helps, I think, at night. Like the thing yeah. I like about it is like I am an active user of these types of things. So you I feel are. like I have a pretty good palate mm-hmm. uh, for what I know kind of makes me sleepy, what makes me active. These gummies, okay, they taste amazing. I don't mm-hmm. know if you, the, that's which is dangerous because I want to <laughs> have them as candy. Eat the whole thing, right? I want to eat them as candy, which right. is always a big problem for me. <laughs> but the thing is, they're fast acting, and I always find that if I take it like thirty minutes to an hour before I go to sleep, I'm just ready to sleep, kind okay. of no matter of the day. But I'm not groggy the next day, so it's Love like that. light. And it just it actually helps me even be creative at night. I know that seems almost counterintuitive, but it like no, it I know calms my anxiety. So yeah. it like makes room for me ah. being my own creative, fun, great self. That's right. You know, I was yes. just talking about these gummies on previous episodes. One of my best friends was was taking one like, you know, in the evenings and he had the exact same response. He felt way way more creative. I just um, feel clearer, yeah. you know? It, it's I just feel better. I, I love that. Better. By the way, our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good, like Darren was just saying. And I'm always in for the right amount of good. <laughs> Microdose is available nationwide, guys. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code SHAKEN to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. That is major, people. Okay, these are worth it. Yes, links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com, code SHAKEN. Well, Darren, let's give a microdose of true crime to our true crime listeners and fans. A microdose of being disturbed, one might say? Absolutely, I love that. Okay. All right, here, let's get into it. Well, Richard Sharp (laughs) met his high school sweetheart in their hometown of Shelton, Connecticut, and the couple married in 1973, only a few months after graduating high school. I believe my parents got married in Mm -hmm. 74. Okay, so this isn't my parents. So you're thinking parents' parents generation, at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah, my parents' generation. Mm -hmm. So right now, that's what I'd be thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, In 1976, Karen gave birth to their daughter, Shannon, and together the Sharps appeared to be kind of an idyllic, perfect family. However, Richard and Karen's relationship was tumultuous right from the start, which just goes to show you never know what's happening behind closed doors, people. And Instagram ain't a fucking thing. The (laughs) same year Shannon was born, Karen claimed that Richard imprisoned her in their home where he abused her continually for 48 hours. And after he allowed her to go free and seek medical attention, which is a whole other thing, Richard accompanied Karen to the hospital, all the while whispering, whispering to her that he hoped she died. Oh, what a, what, what a loving human being, right? I'm thinking to myself, what's Karen thinking? She just had a daughter right. with this guy. She's in a place of She's in a public place. Right. You know, I think everyone thinks at these moments, like, just scream out. This guy's abusing me. But, like, it's not as easy as that. No. And, like, if you're threatened for your life, I mean, Lord knows. I was just thinking of, there's, I saw a TikTok the other day, and it was, like, you know, New Yorkers responding to whatever. And it was this yeah. person, and they're kind Anything. of, like. Yeah, right. And they're kind of, like, 
dressed weirdly or whatever and he's just and it's meant it's meant to be kind of like a gag and he's sitting against the subway doors inside of the subway comes to a stop the doors open and he just like falls out of the subway doors laying what? on the platform and like everyone just steps over him and like moves on with oh, their that's day so new york and though. it's like such so a new, new york, york moment because in like you know a small town say a small town has a subway that just started or something like people would probably be like Oh my God. They'd be making okay? tourniquets and like, yeah. you know, shit to help the guy. I mean, the thing is, I find actually New Yorkers to be very friendly, but they not are. during rush hour. <laughs> oh no. During rush hour, nobody, there's no. nothing to, don't worry about what's happening around you. No. No, like, it, it doesn't matter if you're bleeding, like, no one will help mm-hmm. your ass. And like, that's just it's how true. it is. It's true. Well, both Richard and Karen loved medicine. Richard enrolled in medical school, which is, I think, Fucking ironic here, people. Mm. Well, Karen attended nursing school. And in the early 1980s, Richard drank to excess one New Year's Eve and beat Karen as they mm. drove home together. Also seems like a odd time to do that. According <laughs> yeah. to Karen, quote, we stopped at a hotel, but we were denied occupancy because I was covered in blood. Oh my God. I suffered from, get this, a broken nose, a concussion, two black eyes, and a split lip. This is terrible. Yeah. In 1985, the Sharps moved to Massachusetts so that Richard could attend Harvard Medical School. So obviously a very smart man. And after graduating, I mean, not a good man, just a yeah. smart one on by books is what I'm talking about here. And isn't it interesting because you would kind of think, you know, Harvard Medical School, like these sort of, I don't know, affluent type of people, but suffering at the, you know, the hands of truly domestic abuse. It's horrifying. Well, and, like, it doesn't matter if you're rich or you're exactly. poor or you're black or you're white. Like, it exists mm-hmm. in the world because we're humans, unfortunately. And it just – it's it's in any type of community, you know? It's any true. type of whatever. Well, after graduating, Richard taught at Harvard while establishing two of his very own successful dermatology practices, one of which focused on laser hair removal. Have you ever gotten laser hair removal? Just when I got my last haircut. They just yeah. lasered it <laughs> off. Yeah. They really did you mean to do that? <laughs> did, did you, you mean, mean to, to do that? To do that? Did yeah. you? If you don't know what um, we're talking about, listen to NLR You need to. Yeah. You, you need to. Well, well Richard was known by his patients as a smart docker. Docker? Docker? <laughs> smart docker. I mean, to be fair, my girlfriend was just nominated for an Emmy and she That's was below right. deck, so maybe I'm just in the You're seas. In a below maybe I'm in the high mode, seas. The high seas. Congratulations but, to Nadine. Absolutely. Well, he's not a docker. He's a doctor. So his patients saw him as a smart doctor with no bedside manner whatsoever. And to be honest with you, if the choice between like a smart doctor with no bedside manner and a seemingly dumb doctor, although I know that seems almost kind of ironic, uh, who had great bedside manner. Mm hmm. I don't know which one I choose, to be honest with you. Like, bedside manner is really important. Obviously, I want to trust the doctor, but if he's just like, you're going to die. I, I don't know how, like, I feel about that. Well, so humanity in it. I agree with you. Um, it's very odd. I don't know. He's very – I've told you about my white coat syndrome, right? I think I've yeah. mentioned oh, it yeah. on the show where I, like – when I go to the doctor, they take – you know, like, you know, you go in basically for any reason. They'll get they'll take your vitals. And I have to be like um, – I'll take your vitals. I'll take your vitals. And I have to be like, um, you might want to give this about 20 minutes because my heart yeah. is beating out of my <laughs> chest right now. I shouldn't um, technically be alive no. if you thought this was my resting heart rate. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. And sometimes I forget to tell them and they'll take it and be like, um, so things look a little weird right now. And I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Let me just give you a minute. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So for me, bedside manner would be really, really helpful. And whenever there are medical people that are just like really good at that, it's just such a good feeling. It feels so comforting. It really is. It's such a gift. Such a gift. So in April of 1991, Richard arrived home to find his wife in bed with another man. And as you can might as you might expect. Can you blame her? Yeah, as you you might expect. This isn't gonna go over well. The following morning, Karen asked Richard for a divorce, and this of course infuriated Richard to the point of violence. Good on her for having the cojones Mm -hmm. or whatever she's got. Whatever we're going to say, like, good for her. Because I imagine she was so psychologically, not only physically, but psychologically beaten. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure in this moment, like, you know, being caught, you know, was probably scary for her. God only knows what he would do. Uh, Exactly. Well, according to Karen, Richard retaliated when she asked for a divorce by stabbing her in the forehead with a fork. Holy shit. Now, after the attack, Karen took Shannon out of the home and reported the incident to the police. I, I just stop you yeah. there because I, I don't, you, are you, a, you're not as big a Seinfeld person as I am, but I love to watch it when enough? it's on, but I'm not. Okay. A, yeah. There's an episode where Elaine is dating someone and she wants to break up with him. Like she can't be with him. Cause she's like, mm-hmm. he's a bad breaker upper. I feel like and I've Jerry's like, that. you can't be with someone who's a bad breaker upper. Like what's the point of being in a relationship if they're <laughs> going to be a bad breaker upper and there's not to make light of it, but he, yeah. um, does a, a, one of the women who he breaks up with stabs him. Uh, with a fork. Oh, like, God. Like, and so this kind of made me yeah, think of that, similarity. although this is fucking horrible. Yeah, this is yes, real pursuit. life, sadly. Yeah, it's not a you sitcom. Know. That's right. my favorite. Correct. That's right. Um, well, Richard was escorted to a mental health facility where he was diagnosed with major depression with features of anxiety and personality disorders. Now, okay. major depression, that must be a lot bigger of a depression than just regular old chronic well, depression. Yeah, because I think... I mean, I've known people in my life who have had depression, and I mm-hmm. think there are levels of it from what I've read about it. You know, there can be Makes suicidal sense. depression, yeah, yeah. and then there could just be like, I can't get out of bed depression. And yeah. both are bad, but different levels, I think. For sure. Um, two days after the incident, however, Karen recanted her statement and allowed mm-hmm. Richard to return to their home, which is extremely worrisome. According to Shannon, there were a number of similar instances of violence against her mother and herself as her parents divorced. Uh, Of course, Shannon is their daughter. Shannon later opened up about this violence to the media, stating that on one occasion in 1983, when she was 10 years old, her father, quote, grabbed me by my neck and continually slammed my head against the wooden bed frame until I could no longer breathe. My next memory is my head hitting the stairs as he dragged me down the flight of stairs, screaming and battering me, end quote. I guess it's, I mean, I'm very lucky to not, be able to be able to put myself in the situation, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm lucky with that. This is horrible. It and is the horrible. fact that this, this is not only his child, but she's ten. Right. At any age, this would be completely inappropriate. I and I'm not saying like, oh, if she was eleven, well, it would but be at, okay. No, but at ten, but it's like, like at she 10, can't like, defend herself. No, under no circumstances. And like, I, I got to be honest, how does this not kill a person? I know, especially if you're blacking out like that. Oh, oh my, my god. god. Well, during her separation, Karen unearthed some behavior from her husband that she was previously unaware of. Richard enjoyed cross-dressing and used his own laser hair treatment to remove all of his body hair. Now, let me also just say that cross-dressing, while I think in the past has been associated with gayness, 
even some trans issues, mm-hmm. you know, is like the start of it. And granted, there are is a little mixed match, but cross dressing and its at its finest form is actually just kind of a fetish. It's just kind of a thing that you like to do. It doesn't really imply any sort of like sexuality trait whatsoever or a gender trait. It's just yeah, exactly. cross dressing. I think most people think of it as kind of a male dressing as a female as opposed to the other way around. I that's think that's true. probably colloquially what we would say, but it's honestly for anyone out there who might not be familiar, like it literally is just a fetish. It just turns pe- some people on, like, yeah. and that's it. And it might not even be for turning people on. It could just be exploration for of your femininity or, yeah, Absolutely. whatever it could be. Well, yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's It can be associated with that, but exactly. it also could just be like purely sexual fetish in and of itself as opposed right. to like right. on another person, you know? For sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Anyway. But as you might expect with Richard, things get a little weird because later in court, Shannon recalled several instances where she realized that her father had been borrowing her underwear to wear, okay, which is this... not good, not okay. Not, nothing to do. Obviously, Darren Darren and I are extremely trans I mean, we share underwear. Other yeah, than we that, share. we do share our yeah. own under, our other underwear. But other than that, um, but no. But no, this is be, a father-daughter doing The father-daughter thing is very Go buy yeah. your own thongs at Target. <laughs> right. Go do your own thing. Right. You don't need to be borrowing your daughter's underwear. Right. Fucking weird. So moving, th- I think, on from the cross-dressing, though, because it you know, I think maybe the exploration became bigger. Around this time, Richard had also begun prescribing himself female hormones and would sometimes Mm. steal Karen's birth control pills in an attempt to grow breasts. So he was really, you know, what we would, I think, now understand as transgender and was at least curious and exploring what, you know, what that is for him. Absolutely. Um, And I'm curious, though, in this in this regard, given the fact of his mental illness issues, mm-hmm. I wonder if it's more coming across as like yeah. a dysphoria mixed with that stuff right. as Good opposed point. to like always felt like he was, mm-hmm. you know, b- born a boy but should be a girl, which are two different things. And sure, yeah. I'm just curious here with like how much stuff is going on because there's normally not violence associated with right discovering who you are as a person. And in 1992 and 1994, Shannon and Richard had two more children together, Michael and Alexandra, although their relationship continued to worsen as years went on. In early 2000, Richard formally filed for divorce. Karen had agreed immediately, as Mm -hmm. one might kind of imagine. Um, I'm also kind of curious about them having two more kids, given the fact of how Richard was treating Shannon like, I kind of wonder if Richard had forced Karen to have kids because yeah, I, I, I don't know just, and we don't, we can't ever know maybe, but it just seems like something that if you see your husband and father of your daughter beating your kid, you don't say to yourself, let's have more children. No, definitely not. And at the same time, Karen took a restraining order out against Richard due to his violence, increasingly erratic behavior and her suspicion that he had hired a private investigator to tailor on the evening hmm. of July 14th. And John, what day is it today? We are recording this on the evening of July 14th. So exactly, Darren, 22, 22 years, years ago. ago. Yep. So on the evening, uh, this evening, that's 22 weird. years Ew, ago. That's kind of creeped me out. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That's, I know. Yeah. This evening, 22 years ago, Karen and some friends chartered a boat in Boston, Boston Harbor. Boston Harbor. Boston Harbor. And she arrived home just before midnight. That sounds okay. really fun. It now, does, Karen's yeah. 44 at this point, lived separately from Richard in a home that she shared with their two younger children, five-year-old Alexandra and seven-year-old Michael, and Karen's own brother, Jamie. 
Okay, so they got their own space now, a little mm-hmm. separation from Richard. But remember, Mo- she also asked yeah. for a divorce. So, like, you know, where he is that? She did, and she agreed. Yeah. So, like... What's going on? I feel here? like... What's going on? Yeah. Moments after Karen got home, Richard arrived at her door. And when Karen asked her what he was doing there, Richard entered her foyer, pulled out a hunting rifle, and shot Karen through the chest. Oh, my God. Karen's brother Jamie was watching TV in the living room with the children's babysitter at the time, and the two of them witnessed the entire mm. incident start to finish, which I imagine happened so quick yeah, that it right. was just like, pick up the door, open the door, done. Right. Because obviously, if there was some sort of tussle, these two people would have intervened. Right. I think that's a safe assumption. Karen and Richard's two young children slept in their nearby bedroom during the shooting, but woke up to the sound of the gun. Of course, it's horrible. The children immediately became aware of what happened. Seven-year-old Michael began crying and asking, why did my father shoot my mother? Why did he do that? I never want to see my father again. Because he's seven. I he's can't seven. even comprehend that. Like, I can't imagine a seven-year-old. I mean, it's just so heartbreaking. Richard fled the scene before the police arrived, and he was able to evade arrest for 30 hours, which is quite impressive. Yeah. Before a new, because everyone knew what he looked like. Right. Everyone, you know. 30 hours before a New Hampshire motel clerk recognized his face on the news and alerted authorities that Richard had just, just checked in as a guest. And uh, that is that is the important reason why people have to flash. I mean, obviously, if they're of age, mm-hmm. show the picture of the people just so, mm-hmm. like, armchair detectives, more eyes the merrier can I know, get and on this, this type of scene. You know, this is 2000, long before, you know, internet mm-hmm. forums and stuff like that, social media even. Well, on the evening of July 16th, police arrived at the Pineview Lodge where Richard had rented a room under his own name. Also, kind of an idiot. For <laughs> yeah, Medical that's school, true. Like, yeah. You're kind of an idiot. Good point. One of, the, one of the police officers on site recalls the evening stating, quote, It was a strange night. He shows no remorse. It was pouring buckets of rain that night. It was torrential. They evacuated as many people as they could from the motel and threw in the biggest can of tear gas I ever saw in my life. He came right out. They put him to the ground and took him away. He just said a few syllables. He wasn't upset. He wasn't screaming or crying. It was like, okay, you got me. Mm-hmm. Like resigned almost. But it, but you know what? Coupled with the mental illness, you know, he could have some sort of thing where it's like he just doesn't have empathy. He doesn't totally. show remorse. I mean, this guy's shooting his fucking wife. And after Richard's capture, photos were leaked to the media of the killer dressed in slinky dresses and fishnet stockings. And this obviously drew a significant amount of national attention. I'm not sure how I feel about that unless it's related to the case because, like, having a sexual kink – you know, it's like if I had nipple piercings or I liked piercings, are you going to show my body with, like, all of my piercings? Like, that doesn't make sense. To me, it's such a sign of the times, right? Because think about we're only – 22 years ago? Yeah. And we're just a few years out of the O.J. Simpson trial, really. And, you know, I just feel like the media just lived for this type of stuff. And, you know, we've talked about this before on the show, being two people in media. It's like – yeah, the media is doing this, but they're doing it because people are into it. Like we, of they course. know that it's clickbait it for lack of the a better beast. word. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, and they want to see, you know, they want to see the cross-dressing killer. Killer. You know, that's, yeah, exactly. Right. Even right. though we now know, the two of us sitting here today, that that has absolutely really nothing to do with his crime, so to speak. As far as we know. As far as we you know. know and if yeah. it had something to do with the crimes, dressing up as a woman, you know, certainly um, Did he have Robert a disguise? Durst, yeah, I know, right. If Robert Durst was into that and then dressing up as that, okay, I could see showing a picture of what he may or may not look like, but mm-hmm. this just feels wrong. It does. I completely agree. But I think it may indicate, you know, too, like, 
was he on some sort of potential sex binge or, you know, who really knows? The point is, though, that it leaves us to speculate in ways that really aren't fair. Not to empathize yeah. with a killer here, but we're just no, more empathizing I'm, with, frankly, trans I'm more people. Negative. Yeah. I, that and also I'm making, you know, I'm making fun of the media for this. Yeah, like totally. how much the yeah. media really affects it. I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah. not defending him so much as I'm negating their approach. Exactly. That's a great way to put yeah. it. Well, Shannon, now 26, began speaking to the media soon after her father's arrest, announcing to the world that she considered her father's actions completely unforgivable, as you might I expect. Love, yeah, of course. According to Shannon, quote, he is gone in our hearts, in our minds, and in our lives. We have erased him from our memory, but our mom is always going to stay with us, end quote. And let's not skip over this. I mean, yeah, of course, her dad is a killer, but at the end of the day, you only get one dad, you know? This is somebody who, although yeah. he was terrible, and frankly, well, you get I know, one biological father. You get one biological that. father. That's right. Yeah. But yeah. you know, I, I know people. I have friends, even family, that have a lot of problems with their father figures, their mother figures, and how even you know unforgivable acts or things of tr you know true betrayal. You always you know you have that thing in the back of your head that's like, can I forgive him? Like. He's my dad. Do I owe it to him to forgive him? Like, and then you have to kind of filter in some of the religious, you know, thoughts that people have in terms of parental forgiveness. Yeah, and I think I think it's individual, and I also think it's case by case. Like, if my dad shot my mom, not sure not I could forgive sure. that. If my dad cheated on my mom mm -hmm. and they had a horrible marriage or something, like, I'm not saying I would forgive it, but it might be you easier to swallow yeah. because a lot of people do that. And That's like, true, my, yeah. you know, like it's just a shitty marriage, but you're not a shitty guy. Yeah. Like yeah. shooting your shooting someone in the face, point blank, mother right. of your children, wife of you. Among all the other abuse abuses. I think I can confidently say I don't want to be married to you and I don't want you in my yeah. life. Like well, you're a bad person and yeah. a bad boyfriend and husband. And remember Shannon's, okay. you know, description of that incident that we talked about earlier. I mean, how could countless she of them. forgive right. them? Right. Was, she was beaten by him. Right. Well, on July 20th, Shannon and her siblings started a civil suit against their father for $100 million. Jeez. At the same time, the children's babysitter sued Richard for $5 million as recompense for his forcing her to witness a murder. Yeah. Good call, actually. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. In July of 2001, Richard was formally charged with murder and held without bail. The defense entered a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity with the notion that Richard was mentally unstable at the time he shot Karen. Listen, I we've mean, been I saying... I imagine that's true. Yeah, we've like, been I saying... I imagine he's mentally unstable, but yeah. the question... Mental instability isn't the question mm -hmm. so much as, like, he had been beating her from prior. It's one thing if, like, they had a great marriage, he had a mental break and shot her which is still horrible but like okay that's unlike his normal behavior yeah right this is no. typical of his behavior right well during the trial richard who testified on his own behalf which they tell you never to do yeah. did not deny shooting his wife he claimed that he experienced a compulsion to reunite his family which drove him to enter the house and attack her now that call me crazy yeah no call us stupid yeah <laughs> But I don't know that attacking and shooting your wife at point blank range is the way to do that. Well, yeah, he claimed I mean, mentally unwell is yes. what we can say. Yeah, well, he claimed that he had mixed his medication with red wine that evening. Darren, you like a little red wine, so watch out. 
I ain't mixing medication with it. I, I actually I don't. You're I mean, I like wine. the taste, but I'm so it makes me so tired. You're yeah, white, I like wine. white wine. That's right. Yeah. My bad. Sorry. You dumb, stupid. Jeez, oh, talk about mom and, and dads over here. God. Well, anyway, as I said, he mixed it with red wine, which left him barely able to remember his own actions. The defense mm. also brought to the stand a psychiatric expert who told jurors that Richard had been abused by his father during childhood. I mean, we could have called that, though, from I line was, one. Totally, yes. Well, on the stand, Richard stated that he had begun cross-dressing as a way of dealing with his father's abuse. The prosecution urged the jury not to allow the abuse allegations to serve as an excuse. They called a series of witnesses who testified that Richard was alert and rational on the day of the shooting. Now, you know, if he's claiming he's trying to get his family back together, despite the medication or the red wine, to me that sounds like you have an intention of proactively doing something, and that doing something, unfortunately, was killing this person. Yeah, and, like, I understand. I think I think it's important for anyone to have context of how they grew up. You know, like, yeah. we often talk about a lot of killers who grew up with abuse in their own family and how it's generational, and I do mm-hmm. think that that's important to give it context of, like, the type of people that we are and humanity. But, yeah, I don't think it serves as an excuse. I just think it should color the scenario as opposed to serving as an excuse. Totally, so yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. But there were additional witnesses who spoke about the weeks prior to the shooting where Richard planned out his gun purchase. Mm. Okay, this doesn't look good. The night of the murder, Richard had stolen a gun from a friend to make it look like the killing was a heat-of-the-moment decision. How okay. Would, but stolen a gun from a friend, like... That doesn't, How's yeah. that? He, you're not killing the friend. Like, <laughs> right. However, he actually shot Karen with a different gun. I mean, this guy went to Harvard Medical School. Can we get into Harvard Medical School, John? It sounds like, than this. It sounds like maybe we can. Well, okay. So he actually shot Sharon with a different Karen with a different gun, one he had purchased weeks before. Mm. Even more damning was a testimony given by people who knew Richard and Karen, who recalled Richard's anger at the idea of having to give his ex-wife of twenty-six years three million dollars uh-huh. in the divorce settlement. That's information right. that came light just a few months prior to the murder. I was wondering where that divorce was going to come in. But he asked for it. Did he? Oh, I thought she did. Well, she did, and then he was, like, so pissed at her. But then, remember, like, she quickly agreed to the divorce. So it's like he also participated in this. That's weird. Anyway, during trial, Richard attempted to obtain money from an $835,000 IRA fund uh, that he had previously established for his children. However, he was denied access. And on November 29th, 2001, Richard was convicted of first-degree murder of Karen and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. I think Hmm. that's probably a good sentence here. The jury deliberated just under 12 hours before returning their verdict, which, for guys— for a guy potentially to get life, you know, I mean, that's yeah. a pretty short time to be deliberating about something. So I it agree. seems pretty clear cut. Richard did not comment upon hearing his verdict or receiving his sentencing. And in December of 2001, the wrongful death suit against Richard was settled for $5 million. Wow. In March of 2002, about a couple months later, Richard tried to hang himself in his prison cell. Yeah. But again, he's suffering from depression, too. Like, mm-hmm. there is mental illness here, at least from what we can assess so you know you don't just go into some place and shoot your wife and and you know mm-hmm. i don't think that it's an excuse because he clearly had thought about it he was premeditated but like obviously severe depression yeah. anxiety going on yeah and then five years later in august of 2007 richard was accused by a fellow inmate 
who claimed he and Richard had planned to have Richard's prosecutor killed. <sighs> according to his, <clears throat> yeah, according to his prison mate, quote, Richard was willing to pay any amount of money to kill the prosecutor who sent him to prison for his wife's murder. End quote. The, un- the other inmate claimed he had agreed to murder the prosecutor for $20,000. Quote, I said I'd look into it. He asked me if an ADA disappeared before his appeal. What would happen? I said I didn't know. End quote. I'm assuming ADA is associate district attorney or something assistant like that. Assistant district attorney. Assistant. Thank you, Darren. The inmate reported these conversations to prison authorities. He refused to wear a wire but argued to or agreed to talk to uh, Richard while guards positioned themselves nearby. Mm. So this is like a, you know, a little like heist of, of sorts here happening in the prison. The case was brought to court, but Richard's defense team argued that the doctor was just trying to look tough to survive in prison, claiming, quote, he was prey to other criminals who knew what the system was about. He was a doctor. He was wealthy. He was a celebrity prisoner, end quote. Listen, there's nothing, there's, that's not, untrue let's be honest yeah that's not that. untrue yeah exactly richard was found not guilty of the attempted murder of his prosecutor a couple years later on january 5th 2009 richard's body was found in his prison cell and he had reportedly tied a bed sheet to a top bunk and hanged himself mm. richard was transported to a nearby hospital where he was pronounced dead none of richard's children have commented publicly on their father's apparent suicide the week after Richard's death, the L.A. Sun Chronicle wrote an article speculating on Richard's possible gender identity disorder and whether his imprisonment in an all-male facility led him to take his own life. There have been. I mean, that's... It's legit. You know, it's hard to say, though, because this was 2000, and, it, you know, right. and it's hard to say with everything that was going on and probably, like, if he had maybe grown up now, maybe he would have felt more comfortable being out but we don't even know what this is we're not confident this is a this is a transitioning type of thing either like yes he was starting to take estrogen and stuff like that and yes like he was taking his wife's birth control and certainly but that was also a way to deal with the abuse and that to me says a lot more about it possibly being some sort of mixed in with his mental illness as opposed to feeling like he was born in the long right trauma as Mm -hmm. opposed to feeling like he was born in the wrong body which can also be trauma in and of itself but not necessarily brought on by beating from your father so it's just hard it's just too hard to speculate of what this could be yeah and the other thing is it's like you know the allegations of the abuse from his father you know that just came out during the trial so like it's not to say it didn't happen but it's like but it's hard to say the exactly that it's hard to prove any of this stuff well there have been several instances throughout the u.s prison system where inmates are prevented from continuing hormone therapy which often throws their mental health out of balance driving them into sometimes depression and suicide. But of course we have no way of knowing for sure whether or not this was the case with Richard. So a really heartbreaking story. It ends in murder. It ends in somebody potentially, you know, doing all these things. You know, we've talked about this before in previous episodes, like the domino effects of generational, generational trauma and how you're, you know, told you should or shouldn't be a certain way or look or dress a certain way and what that does to the human mind it's it's a lot to take in yeah there's a very nuanced conversation about this i think and neither you nor i are are trans and neither you or i i you know we're neurotypical as i think that they say at least as far from what you and i have spoken about i'm not trying to put words in your mouth but not that being trans is neuroatypical, but you know what I mean. I'm I'm just trying to like, I'm yeah, trying to we're say cis. There's a lot of, 
we're cis, cis and there's male. a lot of um, there's a lot of nuance here where it's like it also feels wrong to assume that they're transgender, like that he's transgender. So that's true. It's not it's not like it's not like saying like, oh, it's impossible. It's totally possible. It's just really hard to tell with the information that we know of how much of this is really just a response to his own trauma as opposed to an actual I feel like I was born in the wrong type of body. I was not born the right gender the right sex yeah so and too, and, you know it's a not, lot of nuance and not only with the circumstances but just you know think back to the to, to the 2000s like we didn't have an awareness of what the vocabulary was what the vernacular would be you know that really hasn't been a thing for society at least in the united states until like the last five six seven years and just to go back to like what two weeks ago for our pride episode with marcia p johnson marcia who died in the 90s was still describing herself as a transvestite back then, self-proclaimed transvestite. Now the idea of saying that word right. would be so wrong, and mm-hmm. that's only 30, jet- 25, 25, 30 years ago, and this was only 22 years ago. So it's mm-hmm. all very nuanced. And, Agreed. you know, obviously I think the one thing we can determine is that, like, he killed his fucking wife. He mm-hmm. was a horrible father, beat his children. So this person is not... A good person of course either, not. but there's context for maybe why he wasn't um, absolutely and it's it's a it's an interesting case because at least it highlights the mental illness issues that i think we have um and the way we kind of talk about mental yeah, illness in a I lot agree. of ways uh but let us know what you think obviously on our facebook page shaken and disturbed podcast fans let us know what you think on instagram or twitter at carpe darren at j thresher mm-hmm. uh we always want to hear what you have to think let's end on a positive note with some listener shout out yes come on down <laughs> and connected to today's conversation actually longtime listener and our loyal patreon supporter molly was Love Molly. Thankful, me too, uh, for our recent episode on Marsha P. Johnson, saying, quote, Thank you for doing an episode on Marsha P. Johnson. My sons, who came out as Pan during last year's Pride, boyfriend is trans. And it's great to hear stats and history around this community. Being educated is so important. I've always been an ally, and even more so now with both my children growing up queer. When I stated during the live stream that we are truly living in a Pride house, I mean it. Uh, the rainbow wig and Skittles will have a great home here. Thanks for letting me play, she says. That's Sign the, up for a Patreon. I know what she's talking about. That's right. About. That she won a game during our live stream. She says, you two uh, do such an excellent job educating us listeners, and I know everything you do goes so much further than this podcast. Thank you all for all for for all you do for the LGBTQIA community. Molly, that I was... I love Molly, dude. I, t- I commented back. And no I was wonder like, she has the tissue cat butt like, holder. She won another game. Yeah, exactly. A couple months ago and won a cat butt tissue holder, um, which you have in your house, Darren, by the oh, way, in yeah. City. Proudly. Um, Proudly. But I, re- I responded back to her. I was like, this just filled my heart all the way up because, yes, we do a true crime show, but Darren, you and I are both gay people. We support LGBTQIA issues. Um, sometimes true crime and these issues overlap. So that's what we did with the Marsha P. Johnson case. So, and, and for Molly, who where it literally hits home, you know, hearing that kind of feedback just means the most to us. So thank you, Molly. Absolutely. And, and to we all of you. your rainbow, uh, you know, rainbow colors of your household. <laughs> Amen. Well, Bailey in our Facebook group, I oh, love no. this, said, maybe it's because I'm 10 years old at, at heart, but I'm crying no. laughing at being called a fart. And you know what? Okay. Not only did that rhyme, Bailey, so good on <laughs> That's you. That's right. But also, I got so many DMs, and I feel like... Uh, me too. 
I mean, like, we're not doing it. Do we have to change it to NMF? Not my fart. No, because like, I think no. I think I think there's a demand. I think you're being short sighted. And you need to grow up. That's what I think. <laughs> oh, is That's that what I right? think. That's my definitive opinion that you need to grow the fuck up, John Thrasher. Grow I'm tired up. of having to be the adult. Yeah. I, I can't even hear it. I don't even know if it's in the oh, mic. I can't even right. hear it. I played. I hope it's recording into the show. I don't know what's going on here, but all I'm saying yeah. is like, just act your age. All right, okay? all right. Just I'm gonna do nice. my best. I'm gonna do my be best. Be nice. Well, we won't be doing that, and we definitely will not be putting that on merch. But if you want I other, think, if you want other great should. merch. Okay. Uh, with other great things like being a sussy radish and our logo, among other things, you can put being on a, a fart. Being you, nope, not that. You can put on a okay. t-shirt, a hoodie, a pillow, a notebook, a what tote, whatever you want. Just click the link in our merch store in the show notes of this episode and make sure to tag us on social when you've received it. Should we do daddy cats farts smell like radishes, mommy bears oh, farts smell like Taco Bell? No. That, should that be a t-shirt? No. No? No. Well, guys, give us no. your opinions. Obviously, the best way you can support the show directly is uh, by signing up to become a pa- Patreon subscriber. You can get bonus episodes, discount codes for merch, and so much more for as little as just $5 a month. You can even get cheaper if you sign up annually, and you can get uh, some cool fun prizes from John and I. Mm-hmm. You can absolutely get some fart merch. Nope. That's definitely nope. going to happen is... if you sign up today. I promise you fart merch. I'll make you. This is why fart... No, that's I'll make what I was just going to say. Personal fart merch. This is why I hold the keys to the to the merch because Darren would go off and God only knows what she would do with well, that information and to next thing you know we've got fart merch, okay? Fart stands for oh, fair yeah. No, and we're not rational even doing that. Radishes. True crimers. Yeah. True crimers. No. no, fart. There's only one R in fart. No, oh, I know. I didn't I didn't hear you get to rational oh. before. Oh. All right. Oh. This is making me sick. So let's yep. end on yep. a note that okay. I love, which is to thank Megan for all of her hard work for this week's episode. Wherever you are, speak it out loud. One, two, three. Thanks, Thanks Megan. Megan. We love you, Mengs. And I know that um, Megan would not approve of this horrific merch. So two versus one. There you go. I'm going to see her this weekend. So I'm going to ask her if okay. she would wear fart merch. And if the answer is yes, we're doing it. If the answer is no, <laughs> then you win. It's oh all coming down to Megan and she doesn't even know. That's the best part. I just can see that. I know this is going to blow up in our Facebook group. And I'm just like not in the mood. Oh, it's going to blow up? Yeah, John, the jokes write this. themselves. All right, guys. On that note, I got to hang this up before Darren just continually <laughs> backs me into this corner. We'll oh, see. backs you into a corner? Okay, oh. now you're just saying things. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. See you next oh, time. Thanks. Okay, oh, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>